Hey, uh, before we start this uh, next episode, I will warn you that there will be some talks of some serious issues that may deliver a trigger warning to anyone who either has gone through stuff or has friends who has gone through stuff and are probably going to be very uncomfortable with uh, this segment, possibly the third part of this podcast. So, a little warning for you, just uh, FYI. Okay, let's get on with this. Normally, I wouldn't think about actually doing this at uh, this uh, fair morning, but here I am. And now, I'm just going to crack open a beer. Just kidding, it's Mountain Dew, because I think we lot, because I think uh, I forgot to uh, go and buy some root beer on my end. Hmm. But yeah, happy episode two. Never thought I'd be recording this nowadays, but here we are. I I feel weirdly, weirdly tired and awakened at the same time. Like, you ever just wake up and, like, you just have this memory loss type of situation? Like, you just woke up, you have no idea where you're at, and you didn't even drink yesterday? You don't even have a hangover? I don't know what they call it. I mean, it could be part sleep paralysis and part uh, nightmare uh, gaining or, I don't know, night or like, I don't know, results of a nightmare. I don't know. I, it, it feels weird just whenever I wake up in most cases. But I will say I did spend all of the, all of the weekend literally watching Evo or uh, Evolution 2022. If you guys are not familiar with that, it is the largest fighting game tournament in the world. Well, I guess I'll say this. It's the largest fighting game major in the series, pretty much. Because uh, there's two Evos that are usually ran. There's uh, Evo in Vegas, and then you have Evo Japan, which is in March. I would love to go to Japan someday, maybe for Evo Japan, but... Uh, that hasn't really crossed my mind just yet. Also, uh, I have some other things I really want to focus on as well. But it's a thought. It's a thought. And also last weekend was Renton City Retro. If you guys are not familiar with a Renton City Retro, it's uh, located in Renton, Washington. Uh, it was held at the uh, Renton Pavilion Center. I was uh, invited to uh, help out, volunteer, and do some things. And... Um, yeah, I was behind the Soba desk for a bit. I also kind of, I kind of walked around, uh, got some stuff, did some trades and whatnot. And I'm actually really happy with the uh, results I got. I guess I should probably share what I got. Um, I got uh, two GameCube discs, um, one of which is Sonic Heroes. I need to go and find a separate case for it, which hopefully I will eventually. And the other one is Lord of the Rings, uh, The Two Towers. I own the Return of the King one for the GameCube. I just don't have the Two Towers one for the uh, for the GameCube. I actually do. I think I do own Two Towers for PlayStation Two, but I kind of want a GameCube copy anyway because I kind of had really no interest in in the um, PlayStation version, even though they're both the same game practically, just different control sets. 
Also, I'm just not a fan of the uh, Pete of the PlayStation controller. Like, it's just not my style, but I will play certain games with it if I have to. And, you know, it's just not my thing. Of course, there are many people that are hella comfortable with it, and that is totally all cool. I'm just so used to the Xbox style. Well, I originally was introduced to it through, like, the GameCube, for, like, the GameCube controller. And I just kind of was just already used to it, that it just kind of blended in with the Xbox controller. And then I also snagged, um... Then I also snagged a USB drive of an indie game. It originally was going to cost $10, but, you know, I talked with the dev, but, like, you know, I was chatting with the dev, like, yeah, like uh, the day before I decided to go buy the drive, and the guy just decided to just give it to me, because they said it was their last day, they figured, you know, might, might as well make it a random garage sale, so I was like, oh, okay, are you sure? And it was like, yeah, take it. I'm like, okay, I'll definitely tip you. I... At this moment, I still haven't done that yet, but I really need, I really should, probably should eventually, but, but like, you know, whenever, like, I wake up, I just forget so much, and it bugs me a lot. People always seem to tell me, like, you know, write stuff down, but, like, here's the thing, whenever I wake up, I usually forget stuff is even written down, even if it's in front of me. Like, it took me a while to actually, uh, write the entire calendar for August, and, like, I started, and, like, I did that on the 7th, and I haven't even put anything on the schedules at all yet, aside from just Ren City Retro. And then I also bought uh, Bejeweled Twist for the DS. Uh, I figured, I love Bejeweled, so I figured I'd take that on the go. And, uh, what was the next thing? And I bought some Pokemon cards. Well, I bought this box. It was a, uh, it was a Pikachu V Uni box. Which was original retail would have been like like fifty to sixty dollars, but they cut the price just short with like just forty bucks, and I was like, oh okay. And I found out a lot of these collectors were actually just kind of like having a pop up, were actually just doing a pop up at the Pavilion Center because they were either moving, people want to retire, which was something that I felt like you know was something that could you know, be understandable in many cases. Like, you know, you reach that certain point of age or certain point in time where you're about to move or you have, like, you got some more life ahead of you if you figure, you know what, I'm just going to close the door on something and just try something new. And, you know, one guy decided to close the door on his collecting that he decided to uh, sell his collection. And one of the games in his collection was something I was actually looking forward to finding, and it was a game called Product Number 3 for the GameCube. This is a rare GameCube title from Capcom. And basically, it had pretty much the same kind of styles you would kind of see in a Devil May Cry game. And I saw that game, I'm like, oh my god. And then also, at the same time, I was looking at this... Uh, I was looking at... I was looking at this uh, slime plushie from uh, Dragon Quest, and I was like, ooh, I also want this one too. And the guy up front said, hey, uh, I could just, hey, uh, if you want part ways, I could part ways just both of those for 70 bucks. Because the game was seven, because the game was marked 70 bucks, and the uh, Dragon Quest uh, slime was, uh, was uh, 10 bucks. And the guy said, you know what, we'll, we'll give it to you for like uh, 70 bucks. You can, we can part with it. I'm like, yeah, we can do it. Yeah. Because honestly, I felt like, you know, it felt like buying a $60, I felt like it, it felt like buying a $60 game with a $10 plushie. So it was just like, yeah, yeah this, this is fine. This is fine. 
Like, if I have to buy a GameCube game at like 60 bucks, I'll do it. Like, that's no problem. 70 bucks, that's kind of a stretch. But when I add an item, it kind of made the value a bit more reasonable for me. And so, you know, I did that and you know, everything, everything was pretty chill. Like, I really enjoyed. And, you know, I snagged a, a really cool... Uh, really cool treasure that i'm definitely gonna store in my collection it's kind of up in the value a lot more for real and uh you know the slime plushie you know it's a tiny plushie that i could like put onto like a backpack or something like it's not like too special but it is definitely something that i did really like and wanted to kind of own at least but you know but uh but like interesting enough like plushies kind of had their own kind of value in my own time and uh, believe it or not, I um, actually owned a plushie collection uh, growing up. And, you know, and eventually I parted ways with a lot of plushies. But uh, most of the plushies I just kind of kept were mostly like the gamer kind of plushies. Then the the, uh, the Mario plushies, the po mostly Pokemon plushies were definitely the biggest keepers in my collection. Especially the World's Pikachus, which I'll get to in a bit. But, uh... You know, it all started when I was really young, and my folks would give me this plushie. It was a teddy bear with a rattler connected to it, and uh, this rattler would like be would be so easy to detect, because like I'd be anywhere in the house and they would find me just because of that bear's rattle. And I carry that everywhere. And I don't know why I just kept that bear, knowing that people were that my folks were probably gonna find me if I was ever lost, but like. No lie, I did like the sound of the rattle. Like, it was kind of an addicting sound. Like, uh, like you know, I'm autistic. And, you know, some autistic people can relate to this. Like, you know, textures on, like, you know, a desk. Or, or like, um, or like a certain sound effect that, you know, you just love hearing over and over and over. Or a favorite song you like to hear over and over and over. Or a favorite TV episode you like to listen to over and over and over. To me, it was the rattle. And it was just kind of mesmerizing. I just enjoyed it. I don't know if I still have that bear. I don't know. My folks probably got rid of it. That, that's okay if they did. But uh, you know, that, was a, that was a nice plushie. And eventually, like, growing up, like, the expansion kind of, like, evolved a lot. Like, you know, I would have, like, two Pooh Bears that would evolve into my first uh, Pokemon plushies, which I believe were Mining and Plusle. I think when Gen 3 was sort of starting to kind of uh, jumping in on the bandwagon and uh, and everyone just started purchasing them. Like everyone, per like whenever a Pokemon game came out, like back then, whether it be Gen 1, 2, or 3, everyone would be on it. And, Gen and you know, Pokemon, Pokemon Ruby, Sapphire were like selling a lot. I snagged a copy of Pokemon Emerald because I like the aesthetic. Also, my favorite color was green as well. And so I kind of add a lot to my col lot to a collection, not only game video games, but plushies as well. Like I would end up getting the entire starters for for uh, the Hoenn region, my Kiptrico and Torchic. Oh my god, my childhood was just full of plushies. So many plushies. Like I would like I remember once I brought like a backpack full of plushies and would just toss them in the air, telling everyone. These are all my plushies. I have so many of them. It was magical in most cases. Luckily, that was like the good year of preschool and not the preschool that made me get held back, but also uh, 
you know, maybe go end up in a very unfortunate situation that I just didn't like altogether. Yeah, it was it was just very intriguing just altogether. And you know, I just I don't know. I don't know where I'd be at without the collection, I guess. And you know, I would and probably my favorite I think my favorite like plushie my favorite like kinds of plushies I would just have growing up are the ones I usually like give lore to. Like I didn't really have much respect for the Psyduck plushie until the years went by and I started watching Pokemon a lot more. And I just start and I just ended up just loving some of the uh, characteristics that you know some of the Pokemon that were just individually given. Like you know Derp, like you know you got the old Derp Duck Psyduck that I just really like loved. Then you got like you know the sassy Chikorita who's just overly jealous of everything Ash is doing. And then you got the uh, Totodile, another derpy crocodile, but knows what he's doing. <laughs> and, like, I would just be collecting plushies kind of based off the anime as well. But then eventually, like, you know, the plushies kind of grew and grew and grew. And especially when I entered competitive Pokemon, I would, like, literally go all ham and just search it for just awesome plushies. And I'd find some really cool treasures. Especially, probably, one of my most notable collections would definitely be the Pokemon World's Pikachu collection. Like, I didn't own every single World's Pikachu, but I owned pretty much a good amount to a point where I kind of have been, been there for, like, a long time. Like, the first time I went to World's was uh, 2011. I didn't qualify for World's, but... There was a last chance qualifier I entered, and that actually was home to the first ever, like, Pokemon battle I ever won in an IRL tournament. And then the next match I go and fight was Cameron Jihadi, who's the senior world champion in 2011. Well, he became the world champion. Like, he, like next thing you know, he passes by me and says, Hey, I got top two, yo! And I'm like, no way, you did what? <laughs> Like, I was, like, it was kind of surprising, like, I was the reason he actually made it to, to a top two, and it was just, it still mind bogs me to this day. Eventually, I ended up having my rematch, but I got my ass whooped still, because I wasn't really using a good team. But, still, I had so many memories just going to Worlds and just snagging products along the way. Like, seriously, if you ever go to, if you're a Pokemon fan, go to Pokemon Worlds. I, I wish I was kidding. Go to Pokemon Worlds. It may not look like much, but even though... Here's the thing. The Pokemon Company, they, they threw it together, and I'll be real with you, they do such a good job. Stream-wise, not a good job, but event-wise, a really good job. Like, there is so much things to do there. And, yeah, I highly recommend it. But, uh, anyway, on, on with the plushies, really. On with the, like, plushies in general, like, in, com in the competitive games, like, you know, people would always bring plushies to, like, you know, tournaments and such as, like, good luck charms, because Pokemon is kind of an RNG, is kind of an RNG-based game in most cases. Like, you know, you don't know if attacks are gonna hit, miss, or, I don't know, crit eventually. Like, you know, people still just kind of kept going with it, and my lucky charm that I would bring to events a lot, a lot more would, would definitely be Halucha. Now, Halucha wasn't really, like, as notable competitively until eventually I started to figure out, like, you know, what ideas I could do with the Pokemon himself. And, like, just for good luck charm, I always just bring my boy in Halucha. In many cases, like, on the side. 
And, you know, the personality I kind of gave Halucha was kind of like this badass, like, you know, kind of no care in the world type of thing. Because his shiny form was kind of like the identity I kind of, I kind of related to a lot. Where like, you know, Halucha's like this mocha lucha, like, you know, he's got a wrestling career. Or I guess in my case, I got like a career in gaming and like, you know, kind of a, a direction. And then eventually, you'll end up with the, in his shiny form, where Halucha is just dark, got no care in the world. Kind of like a Shadow the Hedgehog type of dilemma. If you kind of compare, like, the the Haluchas, he kind of does give me that. Uh, the shiny form does give me a lot of his, uh, of, his, of like, the Shadow the Hedgehog type of personality that uh, many people just deemed badass in many ways. And like they put the shiny halucha in the anime, and it kind of just and it just kind of was just so silly of it. That was probably one of my favorite episodes, not like top ten episode, but that just kind of just helped with the identity a little bit more altogether. And yeah, I mean, kind of going along with the identity, of my plushies. Like I grew up pretty much giving identity to my plushies, more or less. Like, you know, like, I gave my, I gave, like, my two Winnie the Pooh plushies, like, I gave them pretty much the, um, personalities of just being kung fu warriors, learning the arts of karate and multiple, multiple forms of, uh, martial arts. And then eventually, and like, you know, the mining, the mining that I mentioned would just have this troublemaker type of vibe. With the overly attached girlfriend who would literally stick around no matter what, even though how much of a prick mining can possibly be. And my god, was that re- my god, did I just predict reality like literally through those p- plushies altogether? And then, like, I'll just have beanie babies, like, like one, like all the beanie babies would be like the uh, anti prophets or the pretty much this uh, enemy organization and then you have like the frog beanie baby who'd be the one to betray that organization knowing uh, how bad they really were from all the gaslighting and such the frog would get like they threatened to turn with the frog legs i remember making that type of thing and no lie i could probably make a story out of this but uh i figured nah i really don't need to Although, if anyone wants to, go right ahead. Take all these personalities or, I don't know, all these things that I'm saying. Just make something out of it. I ain't gonna copyright you or anything. Just just do it. I don't care. It'd be probably the greatest story ever for all I care. And, like, at 25, or, like, in my late 20s, or, I guess, late high school, college times, it kind of died out. Like, you know, the whole personality thing. Well, I still have, like, personalities on some of my plushies that... You know, I would just think about, but like, you know, over the years, I just don't think about them too much. Like now I just think of like, you know, plushies as just kind of good luck charms and just, you know, things to kind of, you know, be secure around in most times. And let me tell you this, plushies, they're hella soft and they're hella comfy to, uh, to just kind of just be around in whatever situation, whether it be through, I guess, loneliness, isolation, things that have just been happening all at once because they were kind of also a secondary escape for me because most of my peers in in grade school would kind of just misunderstand me to a point where they don't want to understand me they just want to go with whatever lore they have of me in most times 
And so therefore, I would just kind of like, you know, bounce it out and just give that and just give lore to plushies. Just like, you know, feel like, like, you know, I got something going on or I got like, you know, some kind of control in this type of realm in storytelling or something like that. And, you know, people would have this like ideal thought that, you know, if you own, if you actually like owned plushies in your late 20s and 30s. It's kind of considered uh, childish, pretty much, immature, possibly, uh, possibly pedophile makings or whatnot. And it really like does feel like anyone would just think of anything just to kind of downgrade someone, just because he had this like passion of collecting plushies or like whatever items they would have in their collection. And like not everything is true in the Learning Channel. Or from TLC. Because like, um, you know, My Strange Addictions are probably... My Strange Addictions are probably the most weirdest types of episodes... Have the most weirdest types of episodes I would like ever see. That seem innocent at first. But then like in the end when the story just gets deeper and deeper and deeper. Unless you're that one guy that just is in love with this car. Then okay, you've already hit a really, really low tide right there. And, you know, sometimes the strange addiction can just be food all of a sudden. But, like, oh my god, it is just... It's just wrong. Just for real, so wrong in many occasions. And that's not everybody. That's just a minority of people that really do think of these things and just, uh... And just do the most utmost because of either how damaged they are or because of just something that they just saw and they figured, oh, what can go wrong, right? And it's probably good today, who knows? Like, you know, some of the some of the things I see whenever I look at literally just season one altogether, like uh, you have uh, a guy who eats glass and you have a guy who who's uh, addicted to laxatives, like, like, I don't know who would be addicted to taking shit, to taking a shit, but like... <laughs> Well, it's just so bizarre just how all of these just kind of go in. And then you have some that's just a ventriloquist. And then you have, like, probably one of the most ones that go from, like, friendliness to, like, just completely fucked up. It's definitely the guy that's, like, addicted to balloons. And, like, at first, like, you know, you see you see the balloons and how he gives each one a personality. Like, okay, that's kind of innocent. That's, that's kind of cool. And then later, as like the and then later as the as the rabbit hole kind of goes in, he then just starts to say, "Oh yeah, I also like to fuck balloons." This isn't the level of having a plushy collection that I have. Like this, like like that's just the most ridiculous type of level you can like literally think every anybody who just loves plushies just goes for. And it's like, why the hell? Would you think that? Like, I don't understand, like, why people just make assumptions rather than just go up to the person and actually fucking talk to them. Like, how hard is it to talk to a very social, social isolated person? Because, technically, the person who's making the assumption is probably the reason the guy is very socially isolated because he's been put in that box altogether that was already labeled as such. Like, uh, TLC just is a dumpster fire for real. <laughs>
like anytime people watch reality people just assume the worst for human beings that they'll just like compare it to practically anyone that matches a certain description it's ridiculous and in most cases like you know that was kind of my thing like you know i was mostly socially isolated when i was young and you know i i stuck with plushies and you know some of my other hobbies because they were a form of an escape and just another form of just having that sense of security altogether. <sighs> this is me trying to think of what else to kind of add on to this, really. But, you know, that's just kind of the basic phenomenon for just this. Like, you know, you have this... You have this catch of, like, you know, you of like you know you, you want to, you know, figure out how to interact with re society altogether, but, like... But yet, when you run into a society that doesn't want to interact with you, inter that doesn't want to interact with you, it then becomes kind of a complicated measure that people kind of have to go through in order to just in order to just kind of hit that social to hit that social uh, part of themselves that just feel kind of satisfied. Like, like socialness can be kind of a drug for some ambiverts and maybe some introverts as well. Or, like, you know, you've been introverted for, like, way too long to a point where, like, you know, you need some kind of connection. Like, you know, just talk to someone, whether it be, like, you know, talk to your plushies, talk to humans, or just anything. And most of the times, you can also lead to just talking to yourself just constantly. And you don't even have to be autistic to, like, just have conversations with yourself. You can just be a regular socially isolated person and just not talk to, and just talk to yourself constantly. I guess that's how stand-up comedians kind of just came around, really. Like, you know, nobody wanted anything to do with them. So they take a lot of that darkness and just turn it into a bunch of dark humor altogether. So eyes would just go straight at them. And they'd just be like, what the fuck? But hey, at least at the end of the day, they got, they got, the, they got it out. And, you know, there are people that will literally get it because they've probably been through the same altogether. And, you know, that's how people kind of come together all together, all, all of a sudden. Like, you know, you got social isolated people now on Discord asking people for some friendly matches on Guilty Gear or Pokemon or, I don't know, League of Legends scrims, etc. And then you have people asking for play dates, maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe a movie night, maybe watch some... Uh, Maybe watch some Star Wars Obi-Wan. That series is actually not too bad, luckily. And just finding that, and just finding that, like, you know, type of connection. And just, you know, having not only time for, like, you know, yourself, but also, like, getting the time, using that time to, like, you know, just be around people. Like, even if they don't have to, like, talk as much, just being around people just gives off that weird satisfaction all of a sudden. It's like you're you're there. You're, it's like you're just there witnessing history or something. But in reality, it's just a group of people just sitting around and chatting all together. And eventually, you start meeting people, and uh, you know you find connection. You learn about other people, and you know you learn about learn about yourself in the process. And that's just kind of what I feel like. You know, social interaction can just benefit a lot, especially to those who are mostly socially isolated in many cases. I mean, I mean, yeah, you can kind of bring the person into the group, but, like, you know, if you're talking about something that this person can't relate to, what was the point of you bringing that person into the group? Are you just looking for your, uh, oh, hey, I just welcomed an introvert to the group 
Maybe I deserve a cookie. Or you deserve probably a bitch slap for, I don't know, just kind of being that wannabe all of a sudden. Because let's be real, everybody wants to be viral for doing something good in their life for others or themselves. But it's not guaranteed going to happen. The first thing you got to do is just please, the first thing you have to do is just accept yourself as, is just accept yourself for who you believe to be truly. And like, you know, if people don't fly with you, then, you know, keep hopping around and, you know, explore things. I've kind of been around with, like, you know, a lot of groups in most occasions as well. Like, uh, like at first it started with, uh, you know, private school, kind of small groups. And then, like, you know, I was at church and I kind of, like, you know, hung out with some of the folks that, you know, also loved playing video games. And then next thing you know, I end up joining a gamer group. But then, like, you know, sometimes even when you join... Like, you know, a group with, like, the same the same favorites as you may not communicate with you as much, or maybe you don't communicate with them, mostly because you have this imposter syndrome feeling like, you know, I, I like, you know, I, I love games, and, like, you know, I love competitive Pokemon or whatnot, but I feel like I just don't belong to, to, the, to these group of people, because I feel like, you know, I'm not contributing, contributing as much as I should be. Because, you know, there's always something that's just eating inside. It's just not making you feel like, you know, you're kind of bringing anything. But just being around the group altogether is mostly the worth that can kind of help. Like, just being there. Like, even if you're not doing as much, you know, just being around and, you know, just being, I guess, a good out of its support is still good. And, like, you know, not everyone, and, like, you know, not everyone is going to be, like, you know, satisfied with where they're at within the group and how they form with it because you know maybe sometimes there are folks that you know just want to move on with life and do other things but then there are some folks that don't even know where they belong even if they walk into a group that has the same like interests as them there's always just this sudden like like feeling and it kind of just and it kind of goes with isolation altogether because if you've been isolated for like for like a certain period of time like probably i have I guess from my experience, technically, you start to feel, well, maybe not you, but sometimes there is that feeling where you just don't belong to that group. Like, you know, everyone has, like, you know, their mindset, and, you know, you have maybe a different mindset or a play style, or, like, I don't know, maybe you just uh, prefer this kind of aspect or that kind of aspect, but you chill with this group because, I don't know, maybe they're chill people or something like that. And... You know, you enjoy learning, you enjoy, like, you know, some education and maybe some fun facts or whatnot. And maybe you just love the hangouts or whatnot. I remember once, um, like, you know, when being isolated for so long, like, I would always get, like, eyes just on me and I just get this huge overdose of anxiety where I feel like I am, like, the odd one out I am probably like the tokenized, uh, the tokenized non-vegan in the group, and like I just, I'm just like, what the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> like it just, it just kind of just brings this painful questioning of like, you know, do I belong here altogether? And it bugs me so much. 
Because, like, now anytime, like, eyes are on me, I just lose it. Like, I go, like, I go numb. I just don't know what to say. I, I feel like I'm just, like, the odd one out. And I feel like if I make a single move, no matter if it's good or bad, I'm just... I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, like, lose it. Or, like, people are just gonna lose it altogether. I've always been, like, the person that people just look at and talk to. Like, I just killed someone. Just all together. Like, I make an idea. I make a, I make kind of an assumption. Or I ask a question or something like that. And then I get this response. Well, maybe that's not the response they were trying to intentionally go for. But sometimes it looks like that to me. But it feels like like I just killed someone or I just offended someone. Well, most of the times everyone gets offended over anything, no matter what you say. So like you know, say something unintentionally, I guess offending them when it maybe when it may not be offensive to them, but they just you know question it. Like it just like you know sometimes it's hard to tell like you know like you know what what people like you know what people prefer what people don't prefer in conversation you know when i grow up I, I learned that eventually and it's just this eerie feeling and it just bugs me so much even if because like, i'm like the type of guy who likes to try a lot of a lot of new things you know i want to learn how to do things i want to hike a bit more maybe i want to like you know learn how to uh maybe rock climb in a bit actually kind of do know how to rock climb but like maybe i want to maybe how to do some like you know lobster fishing or i don't know go sailing or something like that just trying something new altogether. and then when i join that group i just get those eyes looked at me like i don't know shit and that i shouldn't be here all of a sudden even when they say it's a welcoming community i still get that look like dude what the fuck are you doing here like and, like, I'm not doing anything life-threatening, hopefully, but, like, it feels like I just did, and I haven't even done the thing yet. And also, the probably the one thing that makes me, like, literally freak out the most, and this does come with isolation, and also a bit of PTSD as well, to where, like, you know, people would just, like, go hands-on. Go hands-on with what I'm doing. Like, here's the thing. If I'm holding a gun, and I'm at a shooting range... Like, do not approach me and try to touch me when I'm holding something that's probably a firearm. I'm a gamer. When something touches me, I will frame one, pull the fucking trigger. And it freaks the hell out of me. Like, the best thing you can, like, the best thing you should do is tell me what you're gonna do. That way, I won't end up freaking out too much, and that way I'll understand, like, you know, what the premise of this person is doing. Because if this person is just trying to, like, I don't know, like, take something away from me, or I don't know, like, like, you know, force me to do something, or, like, you know, show me the action, I tend to, like, freak out a bit, and either shut down or go fight or flight unintentionally. But, like, it, it just feels that way all of a sudden. And I'll be real, social isolation doesn't come with the best results like you meet someone who's been socially isolated you're not going to get the same kind of human interaction that you know other people are comfortable with because they've been around a lot of other people but like you know, this person it's like he's just gone out of a cave and most of the times the people who are in those caves are either one sent there by society or two they're there themselves because they've been told never to leave since day one 
And most actions kind of have results of how people are going to end up in their life as well. Like, come on, you played all those Telltale games. Like, you know, if you kind of isolate a person too much, uh, that person is definitely going to be thinking that he's going to be living in that box forever. And I guess that box is his home. Also, here's a, here's another fun fact. I actually learned about this in social. I actually learned about something like this in sociology that kind of comes together really well. And I kind of put, and I actually did put the pieces together after watching the Shawshank, uh, the Shawshank Redemption, number one favorite movie, by the way, to where this guy was like this librarian in the prison, and he's been in prison for like 30, 40 years. I mean, he's been in prison for a long time at this point, and he's going free in about 10 days. And, you know, he's been so used to that, to like, you know, handling the library for like, th for like 30 years to a point where like you know if he goes out he's if he leaves pr the prison he just won't be himself anymore so like the best way you can go back to prison is just to commit another murder or commit another crime because like you know that's where he's used to at that point because like you know at one point you know things happen he ended up in prison and you know prison's supposed to be kind of a punishment but it just ends up becoming a, a home to that person altogether and then eventually, once you once those walls like you know just close in on you, that that's the only society you know. It's within those walls itself that you just officially call it home. Now, unfortunately, the guy didn't kill anyone and didn't get put back in prison. No, he just decided. No, they talked him out of just letting him leave prison, and he did. But then, like you know, once he got into society, he felt like everything just wasn't the same. It was so different, so hard to cope with that he just, he just killed himself. Just, he just hung himself altogether. Tossed the chair aside. See strangling noises and done. Suicide just gets, suicide is definitely one of the most, is one of the closest to being lean causes of death. Especially in this life, for real. And most of it is due to social isolation in most cases. Like, man, you try dating in this world, it's not, it's not easy, especially when you're an adult like me. I mean, I gave, I mean, I kind of gave up pursuing. I mean, at some times, I'll probably hop on Tinder and just swipe a few times, but like, at the end of the day, there's just nothing. There's just nothing out there. Like, even when I go out, like, you know, meeting people just gets really harder and harder. Like, you know, I'm not the type of person to just go up to strangers and make compliments, unless I see something that's really cool, but... Most of the times, it doesn't really result to that. And it does get really, really difficult overall. And, like, you know, I, I feel like we could probably learn from a lot of this. And, like, you know, my time being socially isolated a lot of the times did feel so much worse when COVID hit. I had nothing to do. Like, people could probably say, like, you know, I could game or, like, do something. And not, not gonna lie, I kind of wish I did. But, like, I was already hitting that low so much. Like, a couple years before, I uh, parted ways with a friend that I've kind of known for, like, two years. And, like, I've, and, like, I also uh, discovered I'm autistic. And, like, two years later, COVID hit. And, like, you know, I was still trying to figure out, like, you know, how, how to kind of communicate in this world. And, like, you know, what people really thought of me. And then eventually when I, um... When I talk to, and like, you know, maybe I'll, I'll probably get into the story, like, on another episode. Maybe the next episode, possibly, but, uh, 
you know, when I discovered I was autistic, it uh, really shaped my perspective. And I just had issues just talking to people altogether. Like, I just didn't want to have nothing to do with people, kind of. Because at that point, I started at, I started asking some folks questions like, you know, did, did you know? Did you know about this? And most people were, most people were like, yeah, we knew. And I was like, oh my god. That's why all of this was happening. Like, it gave me that kind of closure for myself. And, like, I didn't have any problems. But, oh my god. I just... I just had issues trusting people ever since then. Like, my walls are kind of up. They're very up. And, like, it's hard for me to just talk about this for everyone. So, maybe eventually I'll probably... Actually, you know what? I'll probably bring a guest on this show and talk about this, actually. Um, I won't say who, though, but I will make sure to contact her and uh, we can pro possibly talk about this eventually. But a lot of people will, like, but, like, you know, just like me, like, a lot of people get kind of confused about themselves, like, you know, who they are and, like, you know, what, where they belong and, you know, what their true identity, well, you know, what their identity really is, whether it's uh, how they feel or what their file says. And, you know, eventually we find that and sometimes we stick within, other times we reject it. But, you know, it depends on the person. If there's probably, like, one song in particular that just kind of reminds me of, like, I listen to a lot of music. If you guys ever listen to a Tonight Alive's uh, Human Interaction, that song kind of fits in with this, really. I still have yet to see Tonight Alive in concert. I really want to, though. They're so good. I recommend them. But eventually, eventually, like, uh, uh, how do I put this? I mean, eventually we find our own sense of purpose of where we're supposed to be at. But, like, you know, most of the times we just wind up, like, you know, being taken out of the box and just given, like, a use, and then we're put back into the box and just, you know, not given any time of day to, like, interact with society altogether. Because society either doesn't want to interact with us or it's just that maybe we just reject society altogether and we just don't want nothing to do with it just as much as they don't want anything to do with us in most cases. Us meaning just anyone who's been kind of a reject altogether. And, you know, it's, it's this reality of, you know, being that, being, that, uh, being that wallflower where, like, you know, you just sit back and watch rather than just do anything at some point. I think that is, like, true isolation right there. Like, you know, people probably pick, like, a political side, like, you know, red or blue, and I say, how about none? Because, like, you know, you, you've already just had it with, you know, how this world kind of treats you anyway, that at this point, you just don't know what to do. And, like, you're not asking for compensation, you're just asking for understanding, and that's just it. But, like, you know, we don't know what we really want, because we don't, because we haven't really been kind of shown around enough to just know what we want at some point. I mean, eventually we'll find out, but like... Altogether, this is all we have at the moment. For reals. <sighs> also, funny note. I find it funny how people love watching the show You, and yet they reject a lot of... And yet they're the ones that are very sensitive to people who stalk people, yet they would rather watch a TV show where... 
a very isolated person stalks a woman and uh yeah they just like that show because the guy is hot if you're one of those people you are a hypocrite you probably do like the creepiness i don't know i don't know i'm probably just rambling on at this point with some just thoughts because like you know social isolation is you know not something that people just like to talk about they like to label a lot of those people within that social isolation as creepers as stalkers maybe like you know just <laughs> pedophile pedophile is something that i've gotten once just because i happen to just like pokemon and video games that's such a 20s guy like you know it's not bad to just play nintendo games in your 20s there are disney adults they exist <laughs> i've met them as a matter of fact i know one she's a partner on twitch shouts to our ray for rachel i miss your face and like you know there are many things that you know you probably want to experience but you never got to as a kid and maybe you want to experience it as an adult like actual summer camp and not church camp <laughs> like come on it's everything that we all want want it to be at some point. That we all just want to have eventually as time goes by. And like, you know, when we're kind of socially isolated, like, you know, our motivation to just do something just slowly dies off. There's just nothing we can do to kind of bounce out of it at some point. And like, you know, when I collect plushies, like, this, this was just literally a thing I did to kind of like cope with myself. And, uh, you know, my, you know, I didn't grow up with parents that thought Pokemon was, like, witchcraft or evil or anything. Like, I literally showed my mom my name in Plusle, and she literally didn't think so, even though my folks are Christian. Like, she thought everything else was, just not Pokemon. And it makes sense. Cute, colorly, awesome creatures. The, the idea of friendship, you know, it makes sense. Well, you're kind of just throwing Pokeballs at them and just taming them like regular pets, so... You know, there's always that. And speaking of pets, actually, I think I should have gone into this beforehand, but, you know, pets are something that, you know, socially isolated people can literally get hold of and not feel, and, like, you know, temporarily not feel as lonely. Unfortunately for me, I didn't really own much pets, like, indoor pets. And I wish I did. But I kind of didn't like the idea because, well, back when I was growing up, I hated dogs. I had this utter fear. I still kind of have this eerie feeling of dogs because I've been bitten more times. Because I've been bitten a lot when I was growing up. Like, I would get scars and scratches on me. And, like, oh my god, it... It just bugs me a lot. You know, just this idea of, like, you know, these dogs are just so bouncy and jumpy. And, you know, they just bite. Uh, must have been just, I don't know, just not so friendly people i guess but pets do have a benefit I, I know friends who have cats and whatnot and you know taking care of a cat or something has also been a therapeutic thing for them i have animals like in my backyard like i have a horse i have three cows and like four chickens and a cat i mean that's good but they're all outdoor pets and i'm not usually outdoors most of the times because i've mostly been kind of programmed to kind of stay indoors and most of the t and i guess like i guess i i guess we could just like i guess ponder into this uh idea of like you know how to 
like, you know, what's something that I do to kind of get out of this social isolation situation? For one thing, we got to think, we got to talk about, like, I don't know, escape. Like, actually, um, I actually made a TikTok video about this. Like, there's this one, uh, like, there's this one woman who, uh, said, like, basically this woman, uh, talked about, uh, actually, I'll shout her out. She's pretty chill. Um, she goes by Daisy Illustrations. Um, she had this thing on TikTok called, uh, so, uh, how do you go on a self-date? Like, if you guys don't know what a self-date is, it's basically a date of yourself treating yourself and going out. Kind of, you know, treating yourself with, like, expensive dinners, like a vacation. I guess my trip to Vegas would kind of count as a uh, self-date, technically. Because, like, yeah, I want to treat myself with, like, you know, exploring Las Vegas. And I'm not going to lie, I, I I enjoyed walking around Vegas and exploring the sights. It, it was it was really, really cool. Such eye-opening altogether. I got a chance to visit the gift shops and... All the other cool stuff. I didn't get a chance to uh, go to a lot of the resorts. But I kind of wish I did, really. And, uh, you know, what I kind of said was, you gotta find, like, some sort of an excuse for an escape. Like, you know, look at your calendar. Or, I don't know, look up something. Like, if there's a Smash tournament happening, make that your excuse. If there's uh, kind of an event going, like a convention, maybe a food festival, or, I don't know, EDM festival... Maybe there's an art museum happening or an exhibit. Just, like, find something that just interests you and just go out there and just go for it. Like, even if, if it's, like, a short time, it's still better to get out there and just go for it than just having just to sit at home. But, like, telling yourself to just go out isn't as easy as it sounds. Because, like, I always feel like everyone has these algorithms in their brain I kind of program them to kind of stay indoors majority of the times. But I always feel, and it's always a loop. But, like, there are ways to kind of break loops altogether. Like, maybe you got to find some sort of inspiration. Like, I don't know, watch a video and then, bam, you're outside in downtown Seattle. Or maybe you, uh, you tried, or maybe, I don't know, you watched Gordon Ramsay video and, bam, you're outside going to a restaurant. Bam, you're cooking something for yourself. Bam, you're you're uh, actually at a tournament at some random guy's house. I'm not joking, that's how Smash tournaments work. <laughs> and this is Smash Brothers Melee, for those of you who have a very dirty mind. <laughs> and, like, you see what I mean, right? Like, there's got to be some sort of algorithm in, in, in one person's brain that can just, like, I don't know, that could be broken... Through some sort of, I don't know, inspirational look at or whatnot. And you gotta find some excuse to get out of the house. Like, if you just go out of the house with, like, no direction, I guess that's something. But once you get out of the house and, you're, like, you're in your car and you're driving, that freedom just hits you. Where you can, like, do all this stuff to the limitations you have, like your resources, etc. I feel like nobody really talks about this as much. But, like, I felt like that would actually be more beneficial if you just go for it. Like, you gotta find that inspiration in and of itself to kind of just go out there. And just find it. Like, like you know, if you feel like you're that type of person that can't go out or is just unable to just do anything, that's okay. Like, you don't need to, like, just choose to go out. Like, not everyone can just choose to go out. People can just be inspired to go out. And just, like, have this 
I have this like escapism idea, like I've just mentioned before, where you gotta do something to kind of keep that loneliness from hitting you altogether. And I'm not gonna lie, loneliness is definitely elite, definitely one of the leading causes of suicide altogether, and just health problems in general. Like it can help with the uh, neuro, it can destruct you uh, neurologically or physically and mentally altogether. Which is why a lot of people have porn addictions nowadays, which is understandable, because I used to have one too. And like, and like, I think anyone can get out of the house eventually, and uh, you know, do something that you know that they they can just do altogether. Maybe collect plushies for all I care. Like, go to your local pink gorilla and just you know find some banjo kazooie plushies or Pokemon plushies. Like, you know, you don't have to just just say, get out of your ass and go. You just gotta find some sort of trigger to it. Not like a PTSD type of trigger, but like kind of a, kind of a, goddamn, I want to do that type of trigger. Like, keep your calendar filled. I guess that's the best I can say. Just keep your calendar filled up to a point. I'm no psychologist, but this is just something I've tried to do, and it's helped me a bit. But, like, you know, the more you keep your calendar filled, I think the more, like, you can, you know, be able to be able to see the world outside and not feel just as stuck and isolated in most cases. Because social isolation is one of the easiest things to fall into in many cases, especially when COVID hits. Like, anyone can fall into it so easily, especially for, like, my situation. I've been hit... I've been socially isolated, like, even before COVID hit. And COVID made it worse. But I still try to find that sense of inspiration a few times. I guess that's all I can pretty much say. Like, I don't have, like, a lot more else. Like, oh, man. Now I want to go outside. It's, like, almost 1 p.m. <laughs> I kind of want to go out and, you know, maybe... I don't know, maybe get some gas or something. Maybe go out grocery shopping, just buy myself some chips. I mean, my folks go, I mean, usually, like, my folks do a lot of grocery shopping, but, like, you know, if you live with your family, it's not, nothing stopping you from going out and buying yourself something. Like, I don't know, spending money for yourself just feels better than just having parents spend money for you, I will tell you. Like, it just feels like you just gain your responsibility back all of a sudden. And, yeah, it's, I guess that's kind of where I might just uh, throw it into. So, I guess before I leave, I guess I'll just say this. Um, I'm kind of surprised, like, people, like, tuned in. Like I say, this is mostly for just kind of the, uh, kind of from teens to adults in this world, I'll just say. It's not really meant for kids because, well, you know, I figure, like, you know, a lot of us, millennials and semi-gen z are kind of getting fucked over a lot so i just wanted to kind of make something out there just at least for us for nostalgic sake i guess but yeah that's it that's episode two that's wow i don't i didn't really have anything put on this notepad really well i guess i did miss out one thing but you know what i think that that could be useful for like maybe another topic eventually but yeah Appreciate you guys so much for uh, for listening in and uh, tuning in as well.
And, uh, you know, I still, you know, by the time I record this, I still have no idea what to name this podcast. So, you know, I guess we're all in this until something happens. And, um, you know, if you want longer episodes, uh, feel free to just throw in some Q&A stuff about just about anything, I guess. You know, it could be about, you know, previous episodes. It could be about maybe this episode. It can be about, like, I don't know, gaming in general. Like, you know, are you excited for this new game that's coming out? Like, dude, I'm excited for uh, the new DLC for Guilty Gear. I think that's coming out right now because they announced the new character, Bridget. And I'm definitely going to pick her up eventually. And, uh... Well, I think I might as well just end. I have to take a shit. So, appreciate you guys for coming on in, hanging out, and uh, listening in. And, um, yeah... Take care, folks. Uh, if you guys want to see me on, if you guys ever want to, like, you know, interact with me a little bit more, I stream on Twitch, uh, NinjaFalcon underscore two. Uh, feel free to look that up. And uh, I do post on Instagram. Uh, TikTok is NinjaFalcon underscore two. Sometimes I'll post highlights. And I post pictures on Instagram as well. So, yeah, NinjaFalcon two on Instagram. Also, I do have a link tree. Make sure to uh, look at that as well. That is my phone going off. I think that means I should probably head off before something bad happens. Okay, guys. Thank you guys so much for hanging out. And, uh, yeah, I'll see you guys on the flip side. Take care.